Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is Michael Rappaport. You are now listening to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I'm on a new diet, a new fast, so I'm in a bad mood. The Eastern and Western Conference NBA playoffs are all set. Plus, we have special guest Candace Parker. She's an MVP. She's an Olympian. She's a finals MVP. She's going to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. She's a great shit talker, a cool-ass person. We're talking NBA playoffs. We're talking playing in Russia. We're talking real Chinese food while living in China. And the lack of deodorant used by some foreign opponents with the great Candace Parker. But first, me and G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, are going to set the table. Miles, Jordan, let me get something funky. All right. Miles Jordan, I asked for something funky. That was really funky. That was really uh, that was really nice. You are now rocking with the best. Fifteen rounds of championship podcasting. My name is Michael Rappaport, aka the Gringo Mandingo, aka Jake Lamato of podcasting. It's a patented sniff. 
I'm here with G. Moody, whose uh, last name rhymes with duty. That'll never change. Nope. That'll never change. Uh, how are you, Mr. Moody? I'm good. Everything is good. That's great. Body is back. No. Oh. From what? Uh, jumping and uh, dunking. Mm. The, 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 the people voted. They said no. Uh, I, I believe it's like... Uh, over a thousand people voted, and like I think you had uh, six people said that was a dunk, and one of them was a compassionate kill. Uh, our guy, um, I don't know his real name, but he draws dope. Uh, d- what, how do you say his his, his Instagram handle that's, and his uh, uh, pa? But that's my man Phil Hamilton out of St. Louis. Yeah, he's. I love his art. He said that you. He thinks you you did dunk. Um, your body said that you didn't dunk. And the fans said that you didn't dunk. It's been a lot of disarray, a lot of blowback. Uh, uh, but you you are healing up? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, everything is good, man. And um, a lot of cats uh, acknowledge a cat jumping and grabbing the rim and doing all that. So I'm good, B. Uh, was there footage of you hanging on the rim? Oh, yeah, man. I don't know how you didn't see that. No, I mean, like, actually, like, oh, I'm hanging on the rim, like, you know, monkey barring it? Nah, nah, just getting up there and doing it at this age. So oh, people, just pulling it. So people were impressed at that, and then they compared their dads, and they was like, yo, this fucking guy broke his ankle going to the store. You're inspiring. So I like that. Mm. They, they, oh, they, oh, I didn't see any of those people that said that they're aspiring, but that's good that 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 uh, they're finding inspiration. But it, I just wanted to clarify, just to back up. Sorry. Oh, okay. Because you didn't see it, that don't mean it didn't happen. No, but is there footage of you actually hanging on the rim? I'm just sorry because if I did, if, I would love to post that. Is there actual oh, footage oh, of me you grabbing the rim with, with ease? That's there. That's in the video. Oh no! I saw you pull the rim down with your your like your fingernails. Like you only need like the first top of your your middle finger, and no. you could pull the no. No, the first okay. jump is me just jumping up there, letting you know what it is. Oh, okay, cool, okay. man. No, no problem, man. I didn't, I didn't want to get off to, uh, on the wrong foot here on this uh, podcast. Yeah. Um. Other than that, how's uh, New York City? I am in Los Angeles at the current time. Uh, uh, how's the weather in New York? Oh, rainy, but good weather as far as uh temperature. It's good. It's breaking. It's now spring. It's the best time of the year here as far as being able to walk around because, you know, this is a walking city and not be drenched in sweat. So this is the, the best time now. now. Now, Gerald, do you know what the term FOMO means? FOMO? No. Okay. <laughs> what, what um, for FOMO is short for fear of missing out. And apparently... Uh, there are some fans of the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast with FOMO. They have a fear of missing out. They are missing out on premium access to the I Am Rappaport app. They are missing out on emergency podcasts. And they are missing out on the Wednesday prime time podcast. And I want to say, do not live in FOMO, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do it to yourself. There's no reason to have FOMO. Just just come. Just come because you are missing out on gold. Okay? The game that has been sweeping the podcast nation was launched the other day in primetime, premium access. 
access only, unfortunately. The game of Sick Fucks or Beyond Sick Fucks with judge and jury Dean Collins. The first ever game. It's a controversial game. People are up in arms on some of the decisions that Judge Dean Collins made. Okay? Do not live in FOMO. Get yourself a premium subscription to the I Am Rappaport app. I wake up with pride. I go to sleep with pride knowing that I, me, me, just me, myself, right now, will never fuck the fans. We will never fuck the fans. The premium app is only $2.99 a month. Okay? You can't even get a roll of toilet paper right. for $2.99. <laughs> okay? $2.99 a month. Do not have FOMO. Do not have FOMO. Do not miss out on emergency episodes, emergency podcasts. Do not miss out on the complete back catalog. Some of the greatest interviews in podcast history. It's NBA playoff time. There's so many things going on in the world. You never know when an emergency podcast will be put out there. You never know when our emergency short film will be put out there. You never know when we will be playing Sick Fucks or Beyond Sick Fucks. Again, okay? You can only get all that for just $2.99 a month with a premium subscription on the I am Rappaport app. I won't steer you wrong. I'll only steer you strong. Do not live in FOMO. Um, Moody. Yo. The playoffs are set. The playoffs are set. The Golden State Warriors <laughs> are playing the Houston Rockets starting on Monday. We have a few days off to just chill. Uh, uh, Monday, they play on the 14th. On Mother's Day, May 13th. The Cleveland Cavaliers will be playing the Boston Celtics, who beat uh, the Philadelphia uh, 76ers and, and pretty much rooked them. They rooked them with a bunch of rookies, yeah. which is weird. Because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, these dudes are 20 and 21 years old. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, they're, 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 they're not playing a rookie coming up next. It's Cleveland versus Boston. It's Golden State versus the Houston Rockets. Uh, first, let's talk about Houston versus Golden State. Mr. Moody? Yeah. Who do you want to win? Who do you think will win? Uh, I want Golden State to beat Houston because I don't like how my man plays. I think it's terrible to watch James Harden dribbling, dribbling. One guy doing all his shit. I don't like that style of basketball. I like Golden State, and I like Golden State to whip their ass in five games. Get out of mm. here. Get out of here with that shit, man. <laughs> the matchups, of course, are Chris Paul versus Steph Curry. I know you have strong feelings about the, the, the historical matchup of Chris Paul and Steph Curry. Yes, Steph Curry already dribbled him into the ground. And <laughs> and um, Steph Curry is a, a, a revolutionary player, but they tried to rough him up early on in his career. And I like Steph Curry all day. With, with uh, busting Chris Paul ass and, and and sending him home, James Harden and Clay Thompson. You know Clay Thompson. He's like the guy. It's like there's Draymond, there's Steph, there's KD, and then there's Clay Thompson. Like he's always the last guy mentioned on Golden State's big four. 
I think he's going to be uh, the, the the most valuable player um, in terms of Golden State because he's going to guard James Harden a lot, um, and plus he's going to bust uh, whoever who's ever guarding him uh, offensively. Um, and I agree with you on this. I not only want Golden State, <laughs> I not only want Golden State, uh, but I am predicting Golden State uh, to win this. It's going to be a tough, heartbreaking defeat. It's going to be a tough uh, pill to swallow for Chris Paul, who has been playing very well. Yeah. He's revitalized, um, and and he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, but they're going to lose. Uh, and I think that uh, Kevin Durant is going gonna, is gonna to go ape shit on Trevor Ariza. And I think that uh, Clay Thompson is going to not shut down James Harden because there's right. no way to really stop right. that guy. I think he'll slow him up and force him to play defense. Although I, you know, no one's going to ever just be stuck on uh, any one player uh, in this. But I got Golden State uh, beating Houston's ass. Right. This is this is my time of fucking year. They, like this is for all the marbles. We got four teams. Yeah, I like that man. And um, you said uh, Hall of Famer, man. In the future, I want to go over. There should be guidelines for the Hall of Fame. If you if you don't have a championship, you're not a fucking Hall of Famer. Well, that's, Charles Barkley, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I, I, I'm telling you, it should be a criteria, a checklist. If you make three of the five, you're in. That's how it should be. Go ahead. In the East, more interesting, the Boston Celtics are playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I, I'm going to take the floor first on this <laughs> because this is a conundrum for me. This is a conundrum for me. As much as I love... Uh, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, uh, and that team, Brian Scalabrini, friend in real life, friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast. Um, as much as I love Jalen Brown, friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast, he will be he will be joining us uh, in the offseason, rest assured. As much as I love Jason Tatum, who posted or somebody posted the craziest Instagram. You know, he's Larry Hughes, former Philadelphia 76er, is his uncle. And and at one point, Larry Hughes played with Cleveland, yada, yada, yada. Jason Tatum's, he's 20, 20 years old. Mm. So somebody posted a, an Instagram or a photo of Jason Tatum as like a fucking 12 years old yeah. at, at 12 with LeBron James, who was like, you know, in the in the height of his career. Uh-huh. And, and, that, and and now and now he's playing against him in the playoffs. When I saw that picture, I was like, oh, that's that's LeBron's son Dula. That's son yes. Dula right yes. there. Well, what you think LeBron gonna do to him? Think think of that. And he's and he's begging this motherfucker to follow him on Twitter. That's son Dula. I wouldn't put that shit up for the playoffs. Nah, man. I'm I'm looking like a little boy and I gotta guard this dude. This is the greatest guy in the world, greatest player, Sun Dula. Uh, yes, I agree with you, Sun Dula. Um, but Jason Tatum has shown, listen, the talk of the rookie of the year has been obviously Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell. Jason Tatum is, is, is he lit up Philly. He's played great. All, he's 20 years old. He's the player who I, I mentioned this during the All-Star episode of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. Of course, we did. We, we chronicled the NBA All-Star game. Who came up to me uh, in a hotel and introduced himself and said that, that his mom was a fan oh. and, and made me feel like a piece of shit. Because I'm like, you, you don't got nothing to say to me. You're just coming over to me to introduce me to your mom because she's a fan because I'm, I'm 48. And right. your mom's probably 
probably a little bit younger than me. Right. Really, really was a daunting, eye-opening experience for him to say, my mom is a fan of yours. I'm like, I'm a fan of yours, but, I'll, you, you know, great. Thank you. I, I met his mom. <laughs> She's very sweet. But it, it, was a, it was a real reality check. And the funny thing is, is the same thing happened with Jalen Brown. I, I, I ran into him at, the, at a restaurant, and he was like, I'm cool with you. Will you take a picture with my mom? I'm like, fuck Damn. me, man. Hey, you fuck got, this shit. You These guys start- are 21 years old. You got to start putting on some lotion, man, when you go out, man. Maybe motherfuckers think you older than you is, man. Their moms are the, their, their moms are the same age as us. You <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> These guys are kids, man. Jason Tatum's 20 years old. I know, man. Get ready. Get um, ready. Get ready for LeBron. He's, he's 33, but he playing like he's 18. Well, this is what I have to say about this, this series. Because... We all know how I feel about uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron, and I have acknowledged his greatness. That being said, I want his ass. No, Bruno? I'll say that again. I want his ass, and I'll say no, Bruno, once again. <laughs> you now, I'm, I'm, I'm in a tough situation here because uh, 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 for me to support the Boston Celtics wholeheartedly is against every single thing that I know in my DNA. The great Larry Bird inspired me to go on my journey to become an NBA basketball player while he was in college. As soon as he put on that green and white, dingy, dirty Celtics uniform, I never liked him. I heckled him. I screamed at him through his entire career. I can't stand the Boston Celtics. I respect the players, but historically, Robert Parrish, fucking Kevin McHale, Jerry Seasting, <laughs> Danny fucking Ainge, Bill Walton, Cornbread Maxwell. Tiny Archibald. Ah, I love Tiny. He's uh, from the Boogie Down Bronx. Of you course. see him walking around the Bronx all the time. I see him all the time. But that being said, I have to really, really do some soul searching because I'm not rooting for Cleveland. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have to. I So you know what I'm doing. I oh. have my butter soft. Wasteland t-shirt. I washed it. I put it in the dryer. It got softer and softer. Uh, the game isn't for a few days, but I'm all in with the Boston Celtics. Oh. I am all in with the Boston mentality. Oh, we're, what a I traitor. St- <laughs> I'm not rooting for fucking LBJ. You're Mr. New York. How you going to go with fucking Boston? <laughs> well, well, I got to root for, or for a team. What am I going to do? Sit here with my sit dick out. in my hands? I'm not rooting for... I'm not sitting out. Sit out. No, I'm not sitting out. You, you want me to sit out because I'm a fucking problem. <laughs> I, I ain't sitting out. Sit out, man. Because you go, they're going to get sweat. I have my I Am Rappaport Butter Soft Wasteland T-shirt ready to go. It is ready to go. By the way, all I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast T-shirts are available at districtlines.com forward slash... I am Rappaport. We have a gorgeous brand new design that you fuck you. Buttersoft I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirt. And it's spelled U-F-U-K-U. There's no C. So when you first see it, you almost think it's like a university t-shirt. It, it, it's gorgeous. Uh-huh. The brand new Buttersoft a you fuck you t-shirt. Plus, this, this is probably one of my favorite t-shirts we've ever made. The I... M Pacino t-shirt. We have the I am Pacino t-shirt where uh, uh, the great Al Pacino is drawn beautifully 
by the artist Ian John. He's the guy who designed uh, our Oakley t-shirt. He's mm. a fucking great artist. You should follow, follow him. I-A-N-J-O-H-N. Shout out to Ian John for, uh, for designing that t-shirt. But we have the entire collection. Of course, the Wasteland t-shirt, the Gringo Man Dingo t-shirt, the Sucker Shit t-shirt, and now the, the You Fuck You t-shirt, plus the I Am Pacino t-shirt. All... All available and on sale at districtlines.com forward slash I am Rappaport. The point being, Gerald, go fucking green. Let's go fucking green. I, I am willing to, to go through the ride one uh, more time. All right. I, I know the potential downfalls and pitfalls of rooting against LeBron James. I've suffered them, but I don't back away. I do not back away. I will not root for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have, <laughs> I have, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers losing in six games to the Boston Celtics. Oh, were <laughs> Ir- irrational, like Leonard Nimoy would say, irrational. Fuck, fuck, I, you talking about, man? <laughs> Yo, I have the the Boston <laughs> Celtics beating them in six games. That is my prediction. Would you care to make a prediction yourself, Mister Moody? I just said Boston's gonna get swept, and as I want, I want to add a, a a fucking caveat to this shit, man. You as a New Yorker, the un it's not it's a written rule that you can't root for Boston, and you're just like flamboyant with this shit. So. Uh, sorry. That in and of itself will make that team get swept. Because you 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 violating New York code. Shit. You know that. I'm sorry. Now I'm you, sorry. Now, now you fucking with the Red Sox. Uh, and now you no. fucking Yo, man, come on, man. Come on, man. Any other team is all right, but as a New York person that you claim to be, mm. how can you say how can you say, yo, I'm fucking with Boston? How? That hurts me. That hurts me, man. That hurts That's me. That's why you I say you claim, gotta sit you out. Start questioning me. That hurts me, bro. You gotta sit out. That hurts me, bro. <laughs> I'm not sitting out, Duke. Yeah. We ain't sitting out nothing, right. Duke. But I just want to go. Your 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 wacky, wacky prediction is that Boston's gonna get swept. Yeah, yeah. LeBron is. Okay. You don't see uh, what 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 level this dude is on. You okay. don't see you don't see that level where he beat okay. the Pacers by himself. You don't see that. Game winners okay. all throughout the series. I see. Dude, I've acknowledged the man. What dude, more do I have to do? 40. Do you want me to go down and actually suck him off? What do I have to do that? I'm not doing that. Yo, yo. My friend. Yo. I'm do, not sucking him off. Do what you want, B. I'm not sucking him off. <laughs> Is that disappointing? Is that yo, something you wanted to see? No. You suggested that. I ain't got shit to say about that. I want to talk about the sports. All right. Okay. All right, I just was asking because I don't know what more I can do. I'm listen, just telling you. I'm l- telling you. L- 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 listen, you made your prediction. I made my prediction. Uh, I feel like mine is a lot more thought out than yours. But we let the fans uh, 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 enjoy the games, and we will be walking you through it. Rest assured, emergency podcast will be popping up with pleasure and pain throughout the rest of the NBA playoffs. Yo, you know how we – speaking of uh, uh, New England and Boston sports, Maddie Patricia – Former defensive coordinator of the... Oh, money with the pencil. New England Patriots, yes, with the pencil. (laughs) He's now the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Some reporter 
from Detroit dug up some bullshit. Like 22 years old, 22 years ago, uh -huh. uh, uh, Maddie Patricia was accused, not convicted, accused, accused of one count of sexually assaulting a woman in Texas. There was no conviction. There was no nothing. No one's ever talked about this. He's played through uh, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the Patriots. Right. All the Super Bowl, all the scrutiny. Got me calling him a hipster fuck with his pencil. But then 22 years later, some reporter in Detroit did a deep dive on Matty Patricia on something that he was accused of, not convicted of, and now this has become like a stain on him, Dang. a stain on the Detroit Lions. And you know with all the Me Too and all that stuff, yeah. you, I mean, this guy's, yo, this is that bullshit. Accusations. Is, accusations. Accusations. Become fact. Now, a, a true journalist, yo, accusation is an accusation. It wasn't conviction, and you put that out there, the bell cannot be unrung. Like, you can't unring the bell. Yo, that's, that's, that's fucked up, man. And, and, and Matt Patricia said, you know, he made a statement said, I was innocent back then, I'm innocent now, basically fuck off. And I'm glad he said that. And, and as much as I like to break his balls, I stand with uh, Matty P, yeah. I stand with his pencil, grow your beard out, tell that reporter to fuck yourself, kick some ass with the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Shout out to my man, Amir Abdullah. Yeah. I don't like any of that bullshit. These people with their blogs and their bullshit reports, you don't have anything better to do yeah. with your life? yeah. Trying to dig up shit. Yo, he got the job. Let him rock. Uh, I mean, just anything. That's terrible, man. Um, I mentioned this earlier. So you remember I, uh, I did it a couple of months ago. My, uh, uh, my starvation diet. It's, it's a fast, a fasting, uh, uh, starvation mimicking diet. Intermittent uh, fasting. Yeah, but no, this is even in a more intense version of it. I, oh. I remember I talked about it. I'm doing it again. You know, I'm, I'm the the reason uh, that I do it. I, I talked about this before. I don't want to be redundant. It's it's called the Prolon Diet. P R O L O N. Um, it basically w w with this intense intermittent fasting. This is like more than you know normal. It's it's a definitely something that you you can't sustain for the rest of your life. Nor would you want to. I mean, I guess you could because. Uh, what I realized from the last diet is like we spend so much, so much more uh, uh, time eating than we need to. Um, but um, and, and all that. I'm not a scientist. I don't want to get into that. But I've started. <laughs> I am now on day two of my second round of this fast. And I do it, of course, because of uh, of, of the health issues that I, I've gotten from taking medicine uh, for my ulcerative colitis. We know about my ulcerative right. colitis. We know about my three point position uh we know how i feel about the 405 for uh, most people it's just a freeway for me it's a public bathroom we know all that we know ask, all that but I, go ahead can i ask you a question uh so when you're fasting um do you still have to use the uh the, the highway as a as a toilet or or is it slow does it slow up the defecation well, well, for me with the fasting, and, and, and I like the use of words to try to keep it really, uh, keep it very yuppie, very NPR. I like that. Um, mm. Excuse me for drinking water. Because one, one of the great things you have to look forward to when you're fasting is you get to drink as much water. They encourage you to drink as much water as you want. It's something really great. Um, uh, well, in regards to using the 405 uh, freeway or the 10 freeway or, or the 101 or any freeway, and or any corner or alley or public restroom, 
uh, 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 for my own accord. Um, it, it has nothing to do with the fasting or not fasting. It all has to do with uh, the colitis being active or not. Oh, but okay. and the colitis, you you know this. You you you've been with me. You see me run down the street and go into bathrooms. And I the first thing I do when I go into a deli or a restaurant or a diner, especially in New York City, is I go, uh, "Can I buy a water? Can I buy a coke? Can I buy a ginger?" Right, right. I pay as a customer, and then I and then I go in there and do my business in the bathroom because I don't expect them to let me use the bathroom for free. Right. Uh, it, bathrooms are for customers only, and and I I know this, but the point is is that I'm on day two of it. Um, it, it really only gets hard around the times of lunch, you know what I mean, and and, and dinner, because because uh, me eating is such a social thing. Oh, let's go meet and eat. Let's go get a coffee. You know, I, I shut all that down for five days, and I'm doing it for my body. Um, and it's it's a an anti aging, uh, fasting mimicking diet. This is the diet that, of course, the, when the doctor, my doctor, explained it to me. He said, on day three or four, your body prepares itself to die. And I said, what the fuck? You're not, that's not a good sales pitch. You, you need to rephrase the way that's you a, sell that to people. That's, that's a, not a sales. No one wants I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out of my way. That's a diet? That's a diet? And I'm paying for it? So I told him that. I said, you, you need to, you, your sales pitch needs to be improved. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, uh, probably by the time of the next official I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, I'll have more updates. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I wouldn't bet against uh, uh, an emergency I Am Rapport Stereo podcast this weekend with all the NBA playoffs and me going through this diet. Um, how are you feeling? I, I want to I ask you, how are you feeling? Uh, from, with the diet? Yeah. I feel good. I feel good, you know. Like you know, I'm I'm only like day two right now as of the recording of this I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. Um, so like, it, it, the third day is the toughest day, and and I'd say the fifth day is the toughest day. But again, it, it's not because you're like starving. It's more just the mental aspect. It's more because you're just sort of it's a lonely it's a lonely process going through a diet. This, uh, this kind of this kind of fasting diet uh, when the body is quote unquote preparing itself to die. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, uh, the Donald Glover video. This is America, which I think is a very uh, uh, hardcore or, or interesting artistic statement. I don't think it's a very good song, uh, but I don't think it was meant to be a good song. It's it's definitely like an artistic statement. But what is the it problem saying? I have? I, I, shit, I'm sorry. A, 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 a I'm bunch sorry. of things. There's so many different things in it, and it you know like there's all these now. There's like you know, websites dedicated to deciphering the video and all that stuff. Right. The problem that I have is, is, is not with anything to do with the video. The video was put out last Sunday. By Sunday afternoon, I literally saw tweets saying, this is what you may or may not have missed in the This Is America video. And I'm like, the fucking thing just came out an hour ago. Right, right. <laughs> like, people, people play things out so quickly. You know, as good as This Is America... Uh, video was or as good as you know a certain song by a certain artist uh, might be it's like motherfuckers want to gas things up and just you know like you know eat it like fast food and in a week you're not talking about Donald Glover's This Is America anymore because you've you you spent so much time like posting it on Instagram you watch it a hundred times you, there's no marination process and the next thing you know you're on to the next one yeah it's just a video yeah, but people just, they get so amped on everything uh. so quick, and they don't let it marinate. Like, this is an instant classic, and then, then next week, you're not even discussing it anymore. Right. 
Uh, um, but he's definitely a talented dude, and uh, you know, like I mean, that guy's that guy's yeah. fucking talented. I, I just I just don't I don't know. <clears throat> uh, like I haven't heard what 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 was the the point of the video? Like what 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 message was it trying to convey? Like it says, this is America. What message was it? trying to convey well you could go online and, and you could look at and it's not like donald glover uh, uh explain it these are all fans and they're like well it's conveying this it's conveying that's what that. I'm saying. you don't know what yeah. the fuck he's doing right yeah, it's like everybody's like go going and like it's saying this it's saying that and then and this this person this part of the video is saying this and saying that whatever the case is i i definitely am a fan of homeboy yeah uh, uh i love that show atlanta i think it's totally bugged out um i just want everybody to slow down uh when they're consuming art like let let it marinate. Whether it's a show, whether it's a record, the a movie. Don't just you know anoint something an instant classic. Watch it, 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 and then never watch it again. Right. And I I hope it's not just all, you know. I haven't seen it, but I hope it's not a gloom and doom thing where it's like this is America and it's all bad and it's this and that. Because every day I'm out here and, and I see a lot of good and 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 I like America too. So I hope it's not all gloom and doom. That's all. Nah, you got. You should check it out. It, it's right. definitely smart. It's subversive, and and there's like little, you know, little as they call them, Easter eggs in there, plopped in there. Right. Um. What, what else is going on? As I mentioned earlier, we have the Hall of Famer. She ain't in the Hall of Fame yet, uh, but she's going to be in there. She's won every single award that you could possibly win uh, as a female basketball player. She's considered the best or one of the best uh, basketball players. Uh, ever female basketball players ever. Um, oh. I don't like to, uh, uh, you know, what what is the word when you when you when you put uh, um, titles on it. But she's a woman. Uh, Candace Parker. She's a, a Finals MVP, a regular season MVP, two time Olympian. Played in Russia for five years. Five time champion over there. Played in China. Great story. Great shit talker. Loves basketball. Loves the NBA. Loves the playoffs. She's coming up next on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. A fantastic shit talking extravaganza with Candace Parker. What else we got, Mr. Moody? Oh, everybody was, uh, they killing Kanye West. I, I didn't weigh in. I didn't get a chance to weigh in. Everybody killing Kanye West about what he said. Like, you know, slavery was a choice. Of course, that's a... That's a ridiculous statement. I don't think he meant to say that. I think he he didn't say it correctly. He didn't articulate what what, what he was saying. And I I think I know what he was saying because I was like, he's thinking like, if you have the mentality that you're oppressed and you have that gloom and doom mentality, then that's on you. And you can't do anything because... The system is against you. It's this type of oppression. It's this. That's a choice. Uh. That, that's on you. I think that's what he meant. And everybody ran with those words because he didn't articulate it correctly. But I think that's what he meant. And it, I think it's true. And it's in line with how his thinking is kind of uh, evolving. So, of course, people are going to harp on those words. But I think that's what he really meant. If you have that mentality that you're oppressed and you can't do shit and the system is against you, that is a choice in thinking. Mm. 
Yeah, well, the uh, only thing I only thing that Kanye West that I'm interested in Kanye West specifically about is where the smackers at, Duke. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not. I don't fuck with your clothing line. I don't fuck with your sneakers. I just need them smackers. Right. Of Other course. than that, you talking you talking all kinds of shit. Listen, let's get to it. All right, future NBA Hall of Famer Candace Parker. Coming up next on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, we're talking playoffs, we're talking Steph, we're talking LeBron, we're talking, we're talking James Harden. She said some some things that were very controversial about James Harden traveling all the time, and so much more. We're talking about the use of deodorant by some opponents while playing overseas, and so much more with the great, cool Candace Parker coming up next on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. All right. Candace Parker, I had to put, you know, I don't like to fact check, but I had to put, like, your resume, WNBA champion, WNBA finals MVP, two-time WNBA most valuable player, five-time All-NBA first team, two-time NCAA champion, five-time champion in Russia, (laughs) champion, champion, Olympic gold trophies, soon to be in the NBA Hall of Fame, then the Basketball (laughs) Hall of Fame. That's a fact. That's a fact. I mean, I, I hope so, but we'll see. I still got a little career left. Yes, you got yes, a little bit. I said soon bit. to be. I said, when, you, when, when you want to. Um, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. All right. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, all right. Overseas. Yep. I'm Talk fascinated by, uh, you know, things that are so popular in the United States and then overseas or vice versa. Where's the craziest place you play? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I was second, you were like, you just got back from China. Mm-hmm. Couple of questions. In China, how's the Chinese food? Mm-hmm. What is it like being a professional basketball player in China? Give me everything. Like, what is your takeaway? If I say, Candice, what was it like playing in China? Just what the hell is that like? All right. So, China. I'll start with China. First of all, I've played in Russia, Turkey, and China. Those have been my three countries that I've played. For extent where you did a residency, it's yeah, not like you for the I Olympics was, where you're in yeah, and out. No, I played there regularly. I played in Russia for six years. I played in Turkey for one. And I played in China for two. Okay, two seasons. China, the last city that I was in, Urumqi, China. Look it up on the map. It's the northernmost city in China, so it's almost near Russia Russia border, almost. Man, and it is holds the Guinness Book of Record for the furthest city from a sea. So the furthest city from water, there's no water anywhere near. It's a six-hour flight to get pretty much anywhere. It was like four hours to Beijing, six hours to Shanghai. I mean, we're like China's a huge country. I didn't realize it. What is it like aesthetically? Okay, so I get there. I, I take my daughter everywhere. How old is she now? She will be nine. Okay. Yeah, she'll be nine. Um. And I take her everywhere. So we roll together. That's the way it is. I sign with the team. I'm like, listen, you don't want me without her. So Christmas was approaching. So we had to spend Christmas over there. So we get there. We live in a hotel because in China, you, you want to live in a hotel. So, you know, there, the, the food is pretty good. I don't eat red meat and I don't eat pork. Okay. So over there was really difficult because a lot of the stuff is pork, red meat. All that stuff. So I stuck to chicken, stuck to seafood, stuff like that. Okay. I don't eat anything that I cannot see through. That's my rule. But you, you can I see got, through chicken? It's like it's clear. I got so you. It's like, you know, the juice is clear. I got you. So that's I kind of you. my rule. Okay. I don't know. It's just I got sick the first time I went to China and just it was with a steak and I just had a bad experience. So That I, stopped it. 
Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Okay. So it's nothing against China or anything, but I just don't eat anything overseas that I can't. Over here where you eat beef? I mean meat? I don't eat beef. Okay. And, okay. I don't no eat beef meat. in America. Yeah, but it stopped in China. Like, that's, that spawned the idea. Yeah, that's, okay. that's where it stopped. Okay. So, I mean, if I want a cheeseburger every once in a while, like I'll maybe eat a cheeseburger, but you will not see me eating red meat that much. Okay. Okay. China. The culture is extremely different from America. They work. They work. They work. They work. They work. They sometimes have three practices a day. They are constantly, like, they live in the dorms, and um, they work. I mean, it, it's unbelievable to me because they're great. They're great teammates. They're fun. But they have that mentality. The, the, they're the, super the Chinese disciplined. players. Yes, super disciplined, super respectful to their head coach. Um, when you get there, as, an, as a, a guest, as a visitor, you don't carry bags and stuff like that. They're like helping you. They make sure like Layla was the, we, she's the princess of China. Everywhere we went, they Who's give Layla? her, my daughter. Okay. Okay. Everywhere we went, they give her gifts. They have something. They get, I they bring you. her fruit. They do like, they carrying her to the baggage claim. Like they, the kid, I'm like, Layla, this isn't how it's going to be when we go back to America. You know that, right? Like she's, she was out of control. So it's just, very welcoming and I, I enjoyed the experience with my teammates. Okay. And when you say three practices a day, are you like, yo, I don't, I mean, as an American, I'm the only American on the team. So in your contract, you write, you know, I'm only doing one practice a day because <laughs> see the way my body is set up. <laughs> <laughs> the way my body is set up is I, I play, can only do one yeah, a day. I, I play year round and I, I can only do one a day. How, how do they treat female professional basketball players in China? Like, is there more recognition? Is it less? Is it the same? Is it more visibility? You know, it's crazy because China is such a basketball, like, they're basketball fans. They love it. Because the time change, when you wake up, the NBA's on. Mm. So it's 10, 11 o'clock, you're eating breakfast, the NBA is on. Uh. So you're watching it and, you know, everything. So... They're fans. They know what's going on. Okay. You know, they had my jersey. They had my first signature shoe. Okay. There were a couple fans that had that. Like, okay. So they're into basketball. I okay. mean, our our uh, all-star game that we had with the Chinese, you know, the, the foreigners play and the Chinese team plays. And, I mean, it drew. There were 15,000, 16,000 people there. It's okay. on television. So it's, I mean, basketball is huge over there. And then what about Russia? Five-time champion over there. Yeah, Russia is uh, is unique. It was my first experience going overseas. How old were you? I was 23. Okay. And I had a five-month-old baby. Okay. And the first time I went over there, I took 10 bags. I packed diapers. I packed green beans. I packed baby food. I packed everything because I didn't know what they were going to have. My mom was like, you know, they have babies too over there. I'm like, I just want to be prepared. And I get over there. My daughter's first experience going to school was in Russia. Um, probably her first word was previet, but you know, she, she really embraced the culture. And so with that, how could I not, you know, uh -huh. I mean, it's the kids over there. I think it's more so as being a black American, when you're over there, you think of it when people are looking at you, like, it's just like, oh my God, they hate me. It's cause they never have seen that. Uh, there's no black people over there. R not very many. I mean, in Moscow, you might see a little bit, but. Where I was in Ekaterinburg, like you didn't see black. Now, people what's like it that. called, Ekaterinburg? Ekaterinburg. What is it? 
Yekaterinburg. Now, what is what is that like? Is it like, are we like in Iowa? Is that like Chicago? <laughs> like, what is the aesthetic of... You know, it's kind of like a little big city. Like, it's it's the fourth largest city in, in Russia. Is there Starbucks? There was a Starbucks when I left. So, two years that I played there, the last two years, there was Starbucks. They okay. opened a Friday's. All the Americans stood in line for like two hours to get into this Friday's. TGIF Friday's? They had a Friday's there. They it had was like Kentucky a Fried Chicken. The McDonald's over there is actually better than the McDonald's at home. It's fresh. Um, what players, like when, you know, what countries? You've competed in the Olympics, World Games, this, that, every freaking kind of thing that you could compete in. What countries are like the roughest players internationally? What countries talk the biggest shit? What countries are the dirtiest? And and you know some countries they don't believe in deodorant. Like so so give me the whole layout like in terms All right, of I'm going to give you two. Give, I'll give you two. Okay. So Turkey is the toughest like in terms of like league games and like fights and stuff. I've never seen anything like it. You talk about rivalries here? Like you think that, you know, you have a rivalry. It was a time where New York was Miami's rivalry. You know, I don't think that exists anymore. But anyway, you get it. Like, even Chicago, Cleveland, or whatever. Fenerbahce and Galatasaray, I watched a game. I wasn't playing for Fener yet, but I was watching the game. It was EuroLeague Championship. They were playing each other. So much so that when they play regular season games, if you're the home team, only your fans are allowed. The other team's fans aren't allowed to come to the game. Because it's too nuts. Because there's too many fights, whatever. So during, during the women's games, they could play ping pong and it didn't matter. They hate each other that much. It stems back that far. So I'm watching the EuroLeague game, right? Angel McCaudry's playing on the team. There's some other, you know, American players that are playing. They're lighting coins on fire and throwing them on the court and they're burning the court. This is when the game is continuing. And people the ref just- is bending down and picking up the quarters. And throwing them. There's armed guards sitting between, like a whole section is rented out. And armed guards are lined up on each section to separate the fans. Like, a fight broke out and a guy is being brought out. He's bleeding. Like This is with the fans. This is with the fans. Like, don't play for Fenner and then go to Galatasaray's McDonald's. Don't do that. Like, it's unbelievable the they amount tell of passion. You all, like the, 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 oh, no, there's rules of what side you can go to. There's spit shields over your bench. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, because they'll spit and all that stuff. I'm not kidding. Like, there's been so many Americans that have gone over there and gotten into fights. And because they let, like, the refs let stuff go. And, like, you know, it's just. How it's, physical are the games? The games are extremely physical. And the problem is over there, some of the refs can be, like, you know, kind of. Uh paid off a little bit so take. you can always tell sometimes when you know oh, okay i see how that's going okay yeah. uh breath and body odor like we have different things over here <laughs> i'm a very big proponent and very sensitive to smells what country what olympics were you like yo they're just not into it they're not down with it. that's not part of their their regime you know, you know what's the really regimen. funny is that you know americans you have a equipment manager and they take your jersey after practice and they wash it and whatever Overseas, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these teams, you're responsible for washing your jersey. So there'd be a lot of times where I'd leave the locker room and I'd see jerseys hanging up before we left. And I'm like, but they didn't wash. Like, you just sweat. And then you just hung your jersey this in, your the, own teammates in the window about. to dry. Huh. Like, that's very interesting. Okay. So I think there are different uh, rules, I guess, over there. Got you. You know, and I... I don't try to understand it. I just know, you know, I'm I'm one of those open and honest people. 
So I'm the one that will have the difficult conversation. Like, listen, it's not that we don't like you. It's just that you smell. And like, the reason why I'm talking to you like, from a distance is just... The reason why I back up every time you say P's or H's is because your breath smells. You'll tell them. <laughs> I will tell them. Um, Olympics. All right. These opening ceremonies, like you participated in two Olympics. Mm -hmm. What is that like walking into a, 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 a in Beijing, London uh, Olympics? Like, is it everything like that it, it, you, you could imagine in terms of the, just the, the magnitude? It's unbelievable. When you walk in and you're behind your flag, you're behind your flag and you represent your, your country. I mean, for me at that moment, that's when you realize the magnitude of this is something that you've dreamed of. Since you were a little girl, like this is, I flipped on the television and I can tell you in the 96 Olympics, that's when I said I wanted to be Olympian is I remember watching that and to wear the American flag across your chest and all these experiences of me going overseas. I mean, everybody talks about, oh, America is so messed up and da, da, da. It just solidifies how I love being an American. Uh. I mean, it, it's the way it is. And so to, to be able to experience that and to be able to be one of 12 to represent your country, I mean, it's nothing like it. What is the comradeship between the female Olympic basketball players and the American Olympic? Like, are you guys chilling? Are you hanging out at their meals? Like, are you seeing like Hussein Bolt? Uh, yeah. You know, the, like, like you're around all these people. Yeah. So for USA Basketball, we didn't stay in the village. The men and the women. The men and the women. So the men, you know, we we're with the men, and they can't stay in the village. It's too. It would be cr too crazy for them. They're two biggest stars. They're two biggest stars. So we would visit the village, but we stayed with them in the hotels. So we would go visit at the village and. I have pictures of Usain Bolt. At the time when I was in London, I was obsessed with Serge Ibaka. Uh -huh. Took a picture with him. You know, just different different stars. I'm really good friends with Allison Felix, so it was really cool to see her uh -huh. uh, at the village in that setting. So it's just, you see all their athletes and you're just like, man, respect. Like, good luck. Michael Phelps, same thing. Like, you see him walking around. Just like, dang, that's Michael Phelps. You, you saw him. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Where do you keep all, like, you got trophies, medals, awards, pins. Where do you keep all this stuff that you've accumulated over the years? Like, there's so many awards that you've won. You know what's so funny? I keep my gold medals uh, in my sock drawer. I just, I haven't put them up because I just feel like those are kind of the precious, you know, you keep your precious treasures closest to you. And I think right. if that was ever taken or mistaken, I mean, I have a story. My daughter was three years old. Um, when we went to the last Olympics in London and I went to take her to school one day and I lifted up her backpack. I'm like, man, it's heavy. I looked in the backpack and she has my gold medal in there. That's funny. And she's like, it's show and tell today. And I'm like, baby, <laughs> you can't take my medal to school. And she's like, but we won. Cause I always told her like, we won That's the gold funny. medal. Like me and you, we won it. And she's like, but we won the medal. Like it's mine too. I can take funny. it. Yeah. Like that's my kid. That's my personality twin. So yeah. So I started keeping it. Not in like, you know, a normal place. Um, let's jump into the playoffs right now. I'll just start with the LeBron. Oh, my goodness. I, I You know, it's crazy because when things come out as basketball players, you relate to what you kind of know, you know. And I've had so many disappointments, last second shots in my career where, you know, it just I'm on the other end of things. So when... Everything happened with Cleveland and Toronto. I felt bad for Toronto. You do everything all year. You're the number one team in the East. You take care of business night in and night out. 
and you just meet LeBron, I mean, I, I can't, I, you can't even say anything. You just have to shake your head. And I've always had things to say about LeBron. I can't say anything. I'll have something to say when he plays Golden State. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not, I, I have to take off the Eastern Conference Finals. I've never seen, I mean, you're a fan of basketball. You play basketball. You're around. Like, have, this is unprecedented. I, I think, like, th- this whole Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, forget who's better. I've never seen anybody do this for as long as he's been doing it. And the fact, 82 games. He played, or talk about Olympics, world games, this games, every finals, every game. There's no nothing. This year he played all the games. This is crazy. And it's crazy because a thing here and a thing there, it changes the narrative, right? What do you mean thing? So by thing here, thing there, I mean, Kevin Durant, what if he doesn't hit that shot? Is it a series? They win, they win game, they win game three. Going, you know, so it's 2-1, possibly 2-2 going back to Golden State. What if Draymond doesn't get suspended? Does he bring right. a championship to Cleveland? Right. So I, I just think there's so many things that everybody as fans of basketball focus on when as athletes we realize, like, the, the measuring stick, it's, it's little, it's small, it's inches. Right. And I think that's what we get lost in. This is greatness that we're witnessing. I grew up in Chicago. I witnessed Michael Jordan. I thought championships was just something you did because I witnessed six by the time I was 10 years old. So at that point in time, you know, Jordan is everything. Jordan retired and broke all our hearts. And I think he probably would have won more championships if he hadn't had that early retirement and then come back and whatever. But what LeBron's doing, we have to appreciate it. I I mean, we're witnessing history. I'm going to be able to tell my daughter, my daughter's daughter, I witnessed LeBron James. This is going to be something that's played kind of similar to the sky hook or, you know, Magic Johnson shots that he hit for the late. This is what we're this is this is what we're witnessing. And for this, I don't like the stats. I don't know the stats. It's too confusing. <laughs> There's too many stats. I mean, his stats, but but for him to be doing whatever the hell it turns out to be, it's almost like he's proven so much just in these. In these seven, uh, in these eleven games, he's played eleven playoff games. If he, let's say, for some reason, he couldn't play in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they go into the finals, and they, and he doesn't do anything, this is like it's almost like he won the championship. Like personally, like so, you can't say anything about him. And we're talking about the the bar has been raised higher and higher and higher and higher. I mean, we've seen the city of Cleveland has been starved for any type of winning, and for this man to do that for Cleveland he brought them a championship and then now they're in the fun they're gonna go to the final. I mean are we in agreement right. of that they're going to the finals they're going to the finals I mean unless Boston I I, I don't know I, I don't they're going to the finals you can't bet against him you can't you cannot bet you against him you can't I thought it was over in Indiana when they lost the first game I was I was I was so hyped up <laughs> I thought the party was I said you're getting bumped out of the first round you're going to leave Cleveland and they're going to all be and, and, and this is it like I mean to just annihilate Toronto. So so when you say you feel bad for Toronto, you know the game, you know pro sports, you know pro basketball. What happens now to Toronto? Are they like, well, if this guy leaves the East, we're good next year. Like like that's real. Like if he goes to the Lakers like Toronto's like, "All right, well, the big bad wolf now we have a shot. Yeah. Or do you have to like be like, yo, we got to just throw this away? You know, I think it's a tough situation. I think as a player, that's the way I look at it. I can look at it, you know, as a fan. But as a player, 
you know, DeMar DeRozan, I feel for him just in the sense of, you know, he had a great season this year. Yeah. Toronto has paid him a lot of money and had has promised him the future. You know, he want, they wanted him to be a part of Toronto for the future. It's just tough, the outing. I mean, you, you don't play basically in the last two games of the series. One, because of coaching decision. Two, as a result of, you know. You got a flagrant. Getting a, getting a flagrant. So I just think you got to mix it up somehow. I would like to see them get somebody in there that is a dog. I, I want I want I want Toronto so, to get, get a. Fl- I'm not saying hurting. I don't believe in her, but a fla- just one flagrant foul. I just, foul. I just don't understand because to me, if you're if the team's gonna beat you, at least make them beat you in a different way. So I the the way that I think strategically they should have played differently was when they inbounded the ball. And he went game full court, three. game three, eight seconds left. No, LeBron, you're not getting the shot. I don't care if it's a runner. I don't care if it's out of bounds. J.R. Smith just checked in the game. He hasn't shot a shot. And Somebody's shooting it, Somebody even else if it's wide open. Somebody else is shooting the ball. I, I don't agree. care. Somebody else is we're doubling off. Of, you're going to have – LeBron is Carl Malone's size. Carl Malone, that right. played during the era of Michael Jordan, dribbling the ball and passing and shooting. So you're going to let him with a head of steam – come down the court in transition, which was very smart, by the way, by T. Lou. I don't know if that I was agree. T. Lou. I agree. Or LeBron, but that, right. was, that was very smart. Right. Not to advance it. Right. They chose not to advance it. Yep. I agree. You know, every, every person that knows basketball a lot better than me, you being another one of them, uh, that I've ever interviewed, and I've asked that about LeBron, they, there is no way to stop him, but you have to at least let someone else, because even if it's a 50% chance, a 60% chance, a 90 to 10% chance, at least it's a 90% 10 With this guy now, like he's got voodoo going. Like, yo, that's voodoo. Like that game three you shot. You pulled that out. No, but like now it's like, yo, we can't like, like, you know, he's so relaxed. He's not going to miss it. He's not nervous. It could be 0.6. It could be eight seconds. That like, shot looked good in regulation in game one. It was dead online. I mean, it looked good. He he's out there. I mean, and in there, I think it was game three or it was game two, in that third quarter where he was like, "I'm just going to work on turnaround jump shots," and I'm not I'm not going to go in the post like I'm going to do turn around left, turn around right, turn around step back. Like it literally looked like you know how you see those workout videos. Like it was like, oh, we're working on turnarounds today. <laughs> this is the NBA playoffs. I I I mean, I can't I can't even add to that because you're right. I mean, LeBron is out there playing with them, but I think. What people don't understand is father time always wins, right? But he's 33 doing this. 15 seasons. This is his 15th season. He so, might as well be 43 in terms so, of basketball years. He's like 45. Exactly, because he's played since he was 18 years old, getting to the finals, whatever. But at the same time, I mean, the amount of work that he's put in in the offseason and how he's mastered his body, his rest, his recovery – his nutrition. I mean, remember years ago when it was like a thing where him, Mello, all of them dropped like 20 pounds. Right. And we were all like, what does he need to drop weight for? He's fine. Did he have the foresight for at 33, I can't carry that weight right. around. I need to do something about it. It's that mentality that I'm most impressed with is that the fact that he has, we laugh like like fine wine, but that's what he's done. I yeah, mean, it's, it, it's nuts. It really is getting to the point where he's mastered the mentality, the mental aspect of the game, but he's also physically stronger than everybody on the court. What do you do? Do you know you've probably had this, and and obviously it's at a different level. Do you think 
you know, the younger players are fanning out against LeBron. I mean, not during the playoffs, but like, you know, you you, you see guys like, yo, I've been watching this guy my whole career. Like, and you're like, they're out there with him. And it's not like, you know, Michael Jordan with the Wizards where it's kind of like you knew it was like he would, there was flashes of it. It's like, you get these 21-year-old kids, 20-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids, and they're out there competing. And I'm sure, you know, you get it where, like, you're playing overseas or, like, there's girls that are 19, 20, they're Ooh. 21. Ooh. Yeah. And they're like, you know, you are their idol. And you could kind of feel them like, you know, like they're, they're giving you that recognition. Do you think that that affects how these guys are going at LeBron? Do you, like, it confuses you? I think you? it does affect them because <laughs> LeBron is so – he's been so dominant – at such a young age for a long time. You know, we were calling him the king at 18, and he's lived up to everything of what we all what we said. He but shut I will me up, kids. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. And 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 this is the thing. Allen Iverson, I remember watching that game where he went at Michael Jordan. He wasn't right. scared. And I saw that same thing that Donovan Mitchell did. And I like that kid. Right. I like Donovan Mitchell. Me he's too. not scared of the moment. Because a lot of people think like Oh, like to be good, you have to shoot 10 for 17 and you have to have 28 points. No, show me a superstar when they're shooting six for 25 and they still win the game. Right. Like they find a way to win the game. That's what's impressive to me is like a lot of people can, you know, they roll when they're hitting shots and all that stuff. But can you roll when things aren't going your way? Can you can you will your team to victory? And Donovan, man, he didn't have a good shooting outing. And I know like, you know, they're they're struggling the playoffs. They're missing two key guards. But he's played extremely well for them all year. And even in the playoffs, he shows fight. And I, I like that. I agree. So based on everything we know, mm-hmm. as of today, injuries, not injuries, who does it come down to in, in the last two? Who are the last two teams? Like Golden State, let's say Golden so, State, Houston, who wins that? I mean, here's the thing. I said all along, as great as LeBron is, he's fantastic. He's coming out of the East. But I said they're all in the East playing for second. It's Houston or Golden State. I'm not ruling against the King because I know that he has special voodoo powers and whatever, but I don't know if enough voodoo is going to happen for not him to Golden beat State. Golden State or Houston. Yeah, I don't know Houston I, as much. but I like Houston, but you're not I think gonna... he could get in their head. Like, I think he could, he could... I'm not saying they'd win, but he ain't beating Golden State. I'll tell you, the reason why Indiana was successful in that series against because Cleveland... Of why is because they had dogs. They had people that were not afraid of LeBron. They had Oladipo, who has that knockdown. He's been knocked down. He's been traded. Right. Whatever, that mentality of like, let me reintroduce myself to the league. Right. Versus, you know, you have Toronto that like, I mean, they knew they didn't have anybody to guard LeBron. But then they had like a different mentality. Like, I don't think it was that killer Mm -hmm instinct that Mm -hmm. they needed now some players on their team yes Mm -hmm. but as a team collectively Mm -hmm. no i think houston has dogs chris paul yes he's not gonna gonna quit he's not afraid right right and houston can hit threes right so with that being said lebron okay we're gonna give you the drive which toronto couldn't really hit threes with them Mm -hmm. so they were you know exchanging threes stopping lebron giving up threes whatever houston can hit hit threes so lebron okay get your 50 and we're going to just stand out here beyond the arc and hit 16, 17 threes, and we'll see how we trade three for threes for two. The crazy thing about these playoffs is, like, Durant has been ridiculous. 
He's been ridiculous. He's nasty. Especially in this series. And, you know, like, I think one of the things that frustrates Kevin Durant is because there's no dunks. There's not, like, crossovers. You know, there's, there's really... No, like, it's incredible to watch, but there's not a lot of highlights with Kevin Durant. Like, you could only show so many jump shots on yeah. S- Sports Center top 10, like, you know, uh, mid range. And, you know, like, he, he does, it's so nasty, though, when you watch it in like seven feet. And, like, he's sort of like floating below the radar right now. And he's been ridiculous. And then as soon as Steph comes out, it's the Steph show. It's like, Kevin Durant, I think he's never going to get. But he knew that. But. I don't think he knew it in the beginning of his career. Like, I think, like, what I just, like, not in terms of Golden State, but, like, just his whole career, like, with the trading and the cupcake. And now at Golden State, it's like, he's obviously a better player than Draymond, but then they'll go, well, Draymond's the glue to that team. And, like, Steph, Steph is, you know, is the MVP. And, you know, he's the, he's the glory boy. And I love, these are all my guys. But then, like, Kevin Durant's, like, doing his thing. It's so below the radar. But that's the world we live in is what have you done for me lately? And if you don't, up what you've done then people are not impressed like do you remember when they were comparing Steph like it's one I don't know who's number one in basketball Steph or LeBron like do we remember having this debate a couple years ago no like I love Steph Steph is a fantastic player transcended the game now my nephew's out here shooting 30 footers like thank you Steph I appreciate but you you did that like I the world has never seen anything like Steph Curry. But what's so relatable about him, why the world loves him so much, is he's a normal dude. Like, he doesn't normal look... Normal size. Normal size. He looks like he has a baby face. Like, he won't kill you, but then he'll drop 44 on you in a heartbeat. And Golden State, I'm telling you, without him, there were big gaps of hole, like holes. Offensively? Offensively. The tempo absolutely changes. <clears throat> the stuff that Kevin gets, not saying that he wouldn't get it, it would just be tougher right. as a result of Steph because Steph is guarded a certain way. It, it, the tempo changes. They have to respect certain things. He Steph makes the team go. Kevin is top two in the world. Players. Top two. Top two player in the world. Exactly. But in terms of on that team, the heartbeat of that team is Steph. And the person who gets the least amount of credit out of all of them is Clay, who's disgusting too. Oh, my gosh. Like the boy is just and if and as an athlete, as a basketball player, when you watch his release, for him not to have to bring the ball down, do you know how hard that is? Everybody dips the ball. I know. It's the rhythm. You dip it. You dip it to go into your shot. For him to not have to bring it down, that just makes it unguardable. You just hope that he misses. And and even more so than Steph, because Steph, like, you know, he, he's not as big. I've never seen anybody you know and and there's other players but for me and like the way we're able to watch the game now and the instagram of the game and you know the 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 repetitive 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 highlights (laughs) he squares up to the basket i've never seen anybody who's always square and he'll do it with his you know with his lead foot because i think he's right handed or his left foot like but it's always square like that's like my father was a pro like he drilled that into him before anything because his footwork to the basket you know when he's about mm-hmm. to shoot, he's never off balance. It's always two feet planted, perfect uh, setup. No matter what, running off a pick, no matter what. He, his footwork, and I think that's what's so special that people, kids, whatever, don't realize. Everybody wants to shoot like Steph, wants to shoot like Clay, but they don't understand the footwork that has gone into that. The amount of time. I mean, both of them had NBA player dads who could shoot the basketball, 
So to have that plus just pure talent in a drive to play, I mean, those are three dangerous combinations and they're all on the same team. It fits the style of play. I mean, Golden State's style fits Steph. If Steph was gra- was drafted to New York, don't I think you'd be amazing. Stuff, no, I don't mean to be like that. Don't but start honestly, with the New York stuff. If Steph was drafted to New York, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. No, I agree. Everything worked out perfectly. It worked out perfect. You couldn't have asked for a better situation for him. Um, I agree. But for but the biggest the thing that I'm most impressed with with that team is that culture. I agree. Steph does not care. The dude came off the bench. The first game that he came back. I agree. Name another superstar. Would James Harden come off nobody the bench? Would, nobody would. would Carmelo I, said he's not coming off the bench going into next season. So I'm just like, I just don't think that that gets enough credit of the fact that they don't care who gets the credit because you're going to eventually get the credit. Yeah. You know, it, there's enough to go around at this point in their careers. Yeah. Normally then, you don't figure it out till thir- Chris, Chris Paul's 33. Yeah, he just seems now. He just is going to Houston and like, yeah. okay, now they're playing. They're in the prime of their careers, and they figured it out. Yeah, I agree. And they never needed to learn it. If Candace Parker is the GM for the Oklahoma City Thunder, Mm. okay, you're out here in Los Angeles. Russell Westbrook is sick. Sick. But And as much as I love him, and when I, like, I mean, he's a freak. Can anyone play in peace with Russell Westbrook at this point. Talk about, like, I mean, the ferocity, the intensity, the motor, all the, I love him. I mean, like, you're taller than him. Like, when I first saw Russell Westbrook, I was, tr- like, I, I can't, it was like four years into his Mr. career, and I was like, yo, this guy's ridiculous. He's not, he's 6'3", maybe 6'3 and a half. And then you see, like, this guy's a, a savage, but they're not winning in Oklahoma. Paul George is not coming back. he's not coming back here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing with OKC and this is the same thing that and I'm saying this as a Russell Westbrook fan Uh, yeah how could you not be a fan I am the biggest fan and I think people didn't pay attention enough this year he averaged a triple double again and nobody's talking I mean people were like oh well he's searching for rebounds well you know what tell all the bigs tell uh, Rudy Gobert to to steal rebounds. Like, right? Yeah, you're talking about stealing rebounds. Like, come right. on. But I honestly think OKC is one of those organizations, like the Lakers, that maybe might not do what's necessarily the greatest for winning, but in turn, they're. I mean, they're succeeding with Russell Westbrook in attendance, in support, and all that. Are you really going to get better? No. But, no. But what are they going to do? Like, how long can he keep doing this? But that's my thing. And that's what I was saying is that the way in which he plays, longevity-wise, it's really tough for him to continue to do that. And you saw him try to give the ball to Paul George and try to give the ball to Melo. And then everybody, oh, why isn't he taking the shot? He's not being aggressive. Da, da, da. Then when he goes and tries to do everything, then it's, oh, he needs to use his teammates. So it's just like, I don't know what he's going to do. I, don't, I, I, I mean, as a player, I know it has to be frustrating. I know it has to be because, I mean, I don't know what to even tell you with what you're saying. Do I think he should stay with OKC? Yes. Do I think OKC should keep him? Yes. Like, I'd like to see that. And he's one of those dudes that is loyal. As, right. He's loyal. Right. He's ride or die. He is. Um, you said something uh, when we first started about uh, shots being missed, play, you know, balls being uh, turned over, mm-hmm. you know, in you, you know, little, little things that leave you tossing and turning uh, after the game. 
Are there certain shots going back to college oh that like goodness. that just like you'll never get over or moments like how how hard is it for you to turn that off? Um, that damn it, you know, uh, that missed shot. Like like when you lay down or when you're on the plane after a game, like is it just like running through your head? Do you and also follow up question? Do you dream in basketball? So do the first <laughs> the first question. That's a good question. You know, it's hard to turn my mind off anytime. I'm a constant student of the game. I love basketball. So I can tell you um, a misplay in Utah that might have changed the way that we look at even Michael Jordan. I mean, some mistakes that, you know, Malone, he didn't turn the ball over. Jordan doesn't steal it from him. He doesn't come down. Is he epic? Does he end his career on making that shot with Chicago? So there's things like that, but that's basketball gods. That's the way it is. So for me... When I was losing those moments, you know, you think about that moment, but there's so many other moments leading up to that that change the the course of the game. Is that what you'll start that's to focus what I, on? That's what I try to focus on, the things that I can control. So, you know, it wasn't that moment that lost the game. It was all the other things that I You should have never even do. gotten to that point. It shouldn't have been that to that point. So, I mean, we lost this year in the finals. Everybody's talking about game five. We were up two to one at home mm-hmm. to win the championship. We lost on our home floor, and then we went to Minnesota in Game 5 and lost again. Right. So everybody's like, oh, Game 5. No, Game 4 was right. when we could have won the championship. Right. How so hard is that like to that. stomach that? I mean, you, you're you almost spoiled. When I read your, you've won this, you've won that, you've won this, you've won that, is it still like none of that matters when you're taking a loss in real time? When you're a competitor, I'm telling you, it's like when you're a competitor and you taste what it tastes like to win a championship, all you do is want more. You talk about dreaming of things, like you dream of it. Do you dream in basketball? Yeah. Like what? 100%. Like you dream because I because uh, uh, I dream of playing professional basketball to this day. <laughs> I love it. It's a damn shame. I love it. Now, so what position are you? It's never. I can only recollect one actual dream in my actual life <laughs> that I actually got on the court okay. and actually played. <laughs> okay. And I went down the baseline. It's like, it's not like real, but it's like I was there. I was playing against the Celtics for the Knicks. And I. Hey, you're playing the Knicks. And I I can't dunk, but like I I came down the middle and like lightly dunked it with my left (laughs) hand. That's the only time that I could. But all my other dreams involve. like getting to the arena and being locked out of the arena, getting to the oh arena. Oh my goodness. Not, not, not finding my uniform, getting to the arena, can't find my sneakers. This it is always classic. involves security being like, you don't play. Like this that, is classic. That, that's real. This is real. I, I just had a dream, uh, something in regards to the Knicks uh, when they announced that David Fizdale was the coach because I love him. Yeah, and I can't remember. Cool. What, He's good for them. Me, I, I agree. Mm. So, but, but like when you, because you're an actual player and you've had actual experience in so many different experiences, college and WNBA and, uh, you know, an overseas and Olympic, like do you, when you have a basketball dream, is it, is it literal like I'm talking about or literal like you play or is it more like fantastic and dreamy? You know what's crazy is, um, you know, I dream. Well, I'm the one that's on the plane and I'm asleep and I wake up because the ball is being thrown at me and I like, you know, the person next to me is looking at me crazy because I like do the whole like... <laughs> that's funny. Fake, like I have to catch it and I think the ball's going to hit me in my face. So that's me dreaming of, you know, basketball. Like they throw me a pass and I'm like, ah, and I wake up from my dream. But in terms of dreams, I dream games all the time. And it's crazy because sometimes when I'm playing in a game, I'll be like, 
yo, I dreamed this. Like, I know I did. Like, I've been in this situation. It's almost like deja vu almost. Like, it's crazy. So that type of stuff. Now, do I wake up and remember every single moment? No. But before we won the championship, I dreamed we lost. Uh. And I woke up, like, heartbroken. Like, I was heartbroken. You remember it? I remember. Like, I woke up from it. Do like, you tell your teammates and your coaches? Hell no, no right? No, I don't tell you them. You can't share yeah, that. Yo, you dream. I dream we lost. Yeah, I don't I don't share yeah, that with them. But I was like, yo, and I and I felt like we won because I felt that feeling. You know how you can't do anything after uh-huh. you lose after the season? Uh-huh. You know, it's over. You gotta wait a whole nother off season and then the season starts and then to No, I felt the way that it felt. Like I woke up and my pillow was so like I was upset. Like, I got you. So yeah, I I have dreams about basketball. Um Becky Hammond yes. is in the mix yep. for the Milwaukee Bucks job now. There's other jobs. My man Stan Van Gundy left each other. Who knows? What do you think the chances of uh, of her getting an NBA job? And what do you think the chances of, you know, I, I believe it in my lifetime. I mean, th- I'm not that old. And in your lifetime, you know, I think that, you know, with Becky coming under Popovich, that I, I don't know when, it may not be this year, a female head coach in the NBA. What do you think the chances of that are? So here's the thing. Um, I have to talk about this a lot just because... This is brought up all the time This now? is brought up all the time. One, as a result of Becky doing her thing in the NBA. Two, as a result of I did, you know, I was a TV analyst for TNT and covered the men's uh, NCAA tournament. So it was me and guys sitting on, on set and... So I get I get a lot of these questions right. in terms of, you know, what's it going to take? And first of all, Becky's in the correct system. Right. The world needed somebody like Popovich, who is the coach. Right. I mean, he's up there to embrace this. And there's no better of coach to to do it. And when you talk to him or ask him about it, he's like, do what? Right. So that's the thing is I. I think we're at a we're at a point now where when I talk to my nephew, he wears my jersey to school for athlete day. Doesn't think a thing of it that he's wearing a female's jersey to school. Right. So you have that generation. Right. You have the generation at 21, 22, 23 that knows that they're not supposed to think <laughs> differently about female athletes. Right. So they don't say it, but they think differently of female athletes. Right. Then you have the over 50 group that knows they're not supposed to think differently. Not me, by the way. Okay, I'm not you're over not. 50. You're I'm not. not over 50. That's why I said over saying, 50. You looked at me when no, you said no. over 50, Kate. I didn't say over 50. I didn't look in your direction. You kind of did. I'm just saying. I didn't look in your direction. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> but you have the over 50 group that knows they're not supposed to say it, knows they're not supposed to think it, but does. Right. Right? Because now you're not. Now everybody, I think it's clear like, what you're supposed to say and what you don't say. The only one who doesn't give a shit is a president. He's like, fuck it. Everyone else could just like, but I'm, I'm going to... I put that in the over 50 group, so I didn't say I got that. you, I got you. Okay, so but go ahead. what I'm saying is now we're at a turning point where I think that things like this are going to start happening. You're going to start seeing more assistance. You're going to start seeing... Because my question is this. Becky Hammond's played the game of women's basketball. She's been around the Spurs for a very long time before she was hired as an assistant, mm-hmm. right? Eric Spolster is the same thing. He didn't play a lick in the NBA. He was around it. He was a video coordinator, worked his way up the tree, became head coach. Mm-hmm. How's that any different? Mm-hmm. What's different about that? What about the dynamics of, you You know the dynamics of girls, guys, 
ball, um, what people think. You've had to bust people's ass playing. Like, you know, it's different now because you're people, everyone knows you. Um, but do you think the dynamics of a guy being a coach, a pro player, some of these guys, you see a Rodney Hood, he don't care if it's a guy, a girl, Ty Lu, whatever. Let me ask you this. And they're winning. But but let me ask you this. So this is this is where I get into the bait. Women do not play above the rim. We have a few girls, women, ladies that can dunk. Right. But our game is not played above the rim. Right. That's not what we do, right? right? Rudy Gobert in the first round of the playoffs missed like seven layups, right? So he can't dunk it technically from a skills point of view, skill-wise, right. is, is okay. Right. So my thing is from a skill point of view. That I totally agree. I feel like game recognizes game and mm-hmm. we understand that we understand basketball. We understand technique. We understand footwork. We yes. understand all that stuff, right? That's the technicality. Head coaches don't really teach people how to dunk. Right. So if you want to bring in a dunking head coach or a coach that can teach you how to dunk, don't call me. Don't right. call Becky or anything right. like that. But everything else, I, I, we can diagram a play to get you a bucket, get you a dunk. Right. So all I'm saying is, is that I think the questions that women have to deal with in terms of the first, one of the first questions I asked Becky, I'm cool with her. I was like, yo, so what's, you know, what's the deal? Cause I know all of us receive a lot of different questions that are just like, what you roll your eyes at. She was like, everybody wanted to know, like, how is it in the locker room? But I have a man head coach that, that coaches for the LA Sparks. Nobody asked him that question. Right. So it's just that type of stuff. I think we're almost over that hump where right. we're like, oh, can we stop asking these stupid questions right, right. about like, how is it after the locker room? Like, how is it with us in the LA? Like, right, right. come on, turn your head, walk out the room. Right, like, what, right. It's that's no, the least. That, to me, it's that's the least. A, that's what do you the least need to of know? it. I don't know if she's going to get hired this year, but like, and I don't know if she she'll Open be- the door for it. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. You got to open the door at some point. My New York Knicks, my guy Fizdale. Mm-hmm. Give me some hope. I love Fizdale. Yo, Fizz is my guy. Got the ter- terrible treatment with Memphis. I mean, I agree. I, I, I'm happy for him because I think he ended up in a better situation. It's a New York Knicks. Okay, better situation. I said, I'm, I'm hopeful for you guys. No, you know? I know. I'm a Bulls fan, so we're in the same boat here. Listen, you get no sympathy <laughs> from me about I'm you a being Bulls a Bulls fan. fan. I mean, oh, I'm just you, saying, like, oh, you, you care less. You guys have more. Re- I, I, I mean, don't care. Do you understand? 1973, the banners in the garden. I've been up close to them. They're literally falling apart. They have holes in them from moths. <laughs> That's reality. Well, we haven't had a championship since 98. I oh, okay. care. I can care less. You don't get any sympathy. You had Michael Jordan. You get nothing from him. And you had Derrick Rose. I mean, yeah, we did have Derrick. So I don't care. Man, but, but we see, oh, my goodness. I wanted it for Derrick, too. It's hard playing at home, though. But Fizz, I think he's a great candidate. I think he's a great head coaching choice for them. I just want them to have some sort of plan. And direction that they're going in and stick with it. So if Fizz is your guy, in two years, I don't want to hear that he's not your guy anymore. Right. Like, that's your guy. You stick with it. Right. You know? And keep it moving. I agree. I mean, you can't... Look, what would Golden State have done if they would have got rid of Steph because of injuries? Right. You got. I mean, at some point, you got to stick right. with your person, and that's who you are. And then you... De- it's loyalty. It's respect. You play for it, that. And that's a culture. It's a culture. And I think Fizz will create that culture in New York. I agree. Um, TNT analyst, you did the thing with KG. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are, I thought it was dope. You sort of mocked uh, potentially uh, James Harden's shuffling of the feet. <laughs> 
uh, which was, which was, which I love it. <laughs> Did you like, do you hear from James Harden? Like the people like, Oh, cause, cause it's that shit talking. I'm a shit talker. I mean, I, I should talk with the best of them a little bit. Sometimes I get in trouble for it. But, you know, my point to KG in saying was, how was an up and under a travel when they let guys in the NBA do the James Harden and do the Giannis Antetokounmpo? I mean, Giannis will have a top 10 play on SportsCenter and he will travel from half court and get an and one. And everybody's going ape shit over this play. And it's like, he traveled. Like, I don't understand how this isn't like how you don't think this is a travel. So that was my only thing was I had to mimic James Harden because he does shuffle his feet sometimes. Not all the time. Now, the dude has handles. He gets the rack quick, gets a shot shot off. Amazing. But he does travel. In the NBA and in the WNBA, is there a star power? Like, do you get away with stuff because you're Candace? James Harden gets away with stuff. Uh, the Greek freak, I'm not even going to try to say his name. You said it good. Uh, Giannis, like, is is there like a sort of like, oh, we're going to give this guy a little bit more leeway because... It just, it blows my mind, the amount of leeway. Like, I mean, you have Russell Westbrook that gets the ball and walks for seven steps and then dribbles, and there's no, I mean, there's no call. There's no traveling call or anything. So I think it's just a little much right. for me i think they need to kind of go back because then with the nba it's like it's all or nothing it's like they go to a point of emphasis so next year if they're like oh traveling is gonna be a point of emphasis, right then it's like if you move your pinky toe right it's a travel like right. do you remember like respect for the game was like an emphasis and it right. was like they blinked at a ref right, and it was right, technical right. right so it's just like can we just call right the travels that are outrageous i'm right. not even asking for them to call every travel just outrageous that travels. respect for i totally forgot about that yeah, that was it was like they were getting teed up for being what like it was a technical now as a fan of basketball and you're a shit talker how do you feel about uh, a great number of um nba players dressing for games like they're going to the met gala <laughs> like now because like, some of these dudes are wearing wild shit like the Met Gala was the other day. Like I, I mean, and now also my man Iverson, that whole era of '90s dudes that got persecuted, crucified. Like this is not ba- I, what happened to the dress code. Business AI, they dragged. That's another him. one. That's another one. Business casual is a point of emphasis. Business casual. He had a t-shirt and jeans on. Even I know one. that ain't business casual. That was another. Let one. alone someone like the. I mean, Russell took it too far. My Durant. I, every time I see a guy come in, like. Uh, uh, my man Terry Rozier wearing a football jersey. I'm like, that's the shit that they took away because of guys are wearing. Yeah. But you know what? Now the NBA is about to take over as America's league, honestly. Over football, at NFL. I, I, I think football in the next couple years, NBA is like now, first of all, you can see them. So it's not like a guess of <laughs> who's who. So you recognize them. And they've taken this like trolling. They wear t- sweatshirts that say rookie and the definition of rookie they they're wearing outfits where you're talking about russell westbrook's outfit you're talking about him so you think it's good wore, for the game i think it's great and because that's what it is now it's what, the instagram that's like what it's, it is it, they want the good, little bad. short clips they want something to draw viewers <laughs> i mean <laughs> we were laughing about this because the whole russell westbrook kevin durant story it was like every time that i turned on the television it was like did have they played like what happened? Have they played? Like, what is this the fourth game they're playing? Right. Like, are we still talking about right, this? Right, right. So it's just, they love storylines. I that's, know. That's what NBA is. And, you know, I, I just, 
<laughs> that, I mean, the NBA is doing a hell of a job of, at it. So you doing sideline, you doing analysts, is that something you want to do when you're finished playing? And, and how much more are you going to be doing uh, during the playoffs, if any? And like, what what is your dream uh, with that, if a dream of it at all? So I love basketball. And I love sitting on my couch watching basketball. So when TNT said, hey, we want you to work for us and do that, it was like, okay, that's that's considered work. And then you go there and it's such a great family atmosphere. You have legends that I'm sitting there sharing chips with and they're talking to me as an equal and I love it because they were talking the game of basketball. <clears throat> so I would love to transition into that after basketball. It's my passion and it's something that I'm going to do anyway. So why not, you know, get paid for it? But in terms of basketball, I'm a, I'm a, I've learned if you plan too far in advance, there's other plans. Right. So for me, I'm going to focus on this season, figure it out, then the next one, then the next one, then the next one. Like, or if it doesn't, you know, whatever. I, I hope I'm prepared for whatever's thrown my way. All right. Obligatory question. It's always yep. with the NBA. Yep. You always say, who's your top five NBA players? Oh, goodness. All right. Who's your top five female basketball players? If you were starting a lineup and you couldn't be on it, who would you pick as your top five? So I had the honor to play with Tisha Penichero. She's a point guard uh, from Portugal. Grew up watching her play with the Monarchs, and I wanted to be like her. She was the one that brought that, like, Jason Williams flair to the WNBA. She was throwing no looks and all that stuff. So Tisha Penichero, she's also my agent now. So That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. She was my teammate, my agent, all that. So she's number one. Diana Taurasi is one of the best players to play the game. I was her teammate in Russia for two seasons. And, you know, she's phenomenal passing, scoring, competitor. So I'd have to say Diana Taurasi. Um, as a competitor, it's hard for me to list Maya Moore as one because we're still playing against each other. But at the end of the day, uh, she's a great competitor. I've had a lot of fun competing against her. Okay. Um that's three. Uh, that's three. I would say Tina Thompson, I grew up trying to emulate her turnaround jump shot. And she was one of those undersized posts so that stepped away from the basket, was able to shoot the three. And that's when I kind of was like, dang, just because I'm 6'4", it doesn't mean I have to be under the basket. I can shoot threes too and, you know, face up and all that stuff. And then, of course, Lisa Leslie, she was my teammate for, you know, for two, three years on the LA Sparks. And I learned a lot from her. I was her rookie and, you know, she's the best center to ever play the game. Top five, if you're making, not even like the best, your, your five favorite players, they, they don't even have to be positional, NBA players of all time. You're, you're, like, if you're setting a lineup like, these are my guys, who would it be? All right, so I'm going to start with the bigs first. Okay. Because the guards get hard. Okay. Shaq. And I think everybody remembers the throw it to, the, to him in the post Shaq. And just let him go to work and bang and bang and bang. I'm talking about Orlando Magic Shack. Right. That Orlando Magic Shack that used to get up and down the court Shack. Right. That one that used to start the break, <clears throat> give it up, get it back Shack. That one. That's who I want on my team right there. He uh, was so dominant that you take it for granted and he made it look so easy. Mm -hmm. He did it to everybody. <laughs> uh, I, tell, I tell them all the time, Orlando, wow, for that. For letting that walk away under technicalities. Right. But anyway, the four. Now, this is difficult for me, but I'm going to say 
Hakeem Olajuwon is the one that I feel like I watched most as a kid. My dad would put on clips of Hakeem Olajuwon's footwork. Because everybody at, the, at that age always talked about guards having footwork. But Post needed it too. So to watch what he did, and that just reaffirms that my up and under isn't a travel KG. Because Hakeem Olajuwon used to do the up and under all the time. And that, I mean, it wasn't a travel. That, that's great footwork. So anyway, Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, my three, I'm going to put LeBron at the three. Just hear me out. I'm, gonna put I, Le- I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going to put LeBron at the three just because he can. One, two, I can't put him at the two or the one because of my next two, which is going to be extremely hard and surprising. But um, LeBron is that that guy that can do everything. And I want him as my three. He can handle the ball, whatever. Anyway, LeBron. I don't even need to say why. Okay. My two is difficult. Just doesn't matter. I'm going to skip my two for a second. I'm going to go to my one. Okay. Allen Iverson is my one. Okay. Allen Iverson is the reason why I wear number three. Allen Iverson was the reason why I was able to be who I was because as a result of me being a girl. Like, mm. he acted the way he was, and it didn't matter. He's still acting the way he is. Uh-huh. And as much as people hate on him, I respect the hell out of it uh-huh. just because it's like he's not going to conform to what you want him to mm-hmm. be. And I think that's how I've grown up. That's how I was taught is, like, just because you're a girl. I had two older brothers. My dad was like, we're going to treat you the exact same. Just because you're a girl doesn't mean that you can't do this. Just because you're 6'4 doesn't mean you can't bring the ball up the court. So everything that I am is a result of trying to emulate him. I had his sweatbands, everything. Like he, my brother played with him in the NBA. He gave me his number three bands. I still have them in my office on- Oh, like, that he actually wore? Yes, he wore them in a game and handed them to me. That's cool. Like, it was insane. So anyway, AI is my number one. Number two is hard because I don't want to leave Kobe off because I'm in LA and Kobe's my dude and I think he is definitely top three. But if I have to pick- a, you can't leave MJ off. Right. And I can't put Kobe at the three. And I can't put him at the one. Right. So you're leaving Kobe off. So I have to bring him as my first sub. So I'm hoping he'll He's take six it. man. I'm hoping he'll take it as like a Steph Curry approach where it's like the culture I'm trying to build. Maybe Kobe now, but Kobe when he was playing. Yeah, like Kobe now. He might I have more of gonna, a, perspe- yeah, a perspective Yeah, I think Kobe now it. is going to have a perspective as like, you can't leave Mike off of the list. And Kobe really can't really play. I mean, he can play the right, three. Right, right, right. But you know, so. I'm not going to argue with that five. That's a good five. All right, listen. Candace Parker. Hall of Fame. You're going to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. You're going to be playing uh, NBA, WNBA uh, this season. Your back's going to be okay? Yeah, my back's good. Um, You're going to come to a game? Oh, for sure. All right, cool. For sure. Come when we play New York. For sure. <laughs> For sure. And all right. And, and last question. We set the table. Who's winning the championship? Golden Who, State. Golden State Warriors. Golden State. I agree. Golden State. That's and what I, I want. That's what I need. I have my broom Gold State. from last season. Golden State. Golden State mm-hmm. versus Cleveland. Golden State versus Cleveland. I like Boston next year, though. They're LeBron a good team. comes west. I got Golden State, Boston in the finals. <laughs> next year. <laughs> yeah. If LeBron comes to the Lakers, I got Boston and Golden State in the finals next year. All right. Candace Parker. Thank you so I am much. Rapport Stereo Podcast. What can I say? We've said it all. <laughs> all right. We're done. Thank you so much.
I told you it was good. I told you it was good. Candace Parker, thank you for rocking on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Listen, do not live in FOMO. Do FOMO. not live with fear of missing out. Get the I Am Rappaport app. Once the app is downloaded, go to IamRappaport.com and click the Get It Now tab to sign up for premium access. The game that is sweeping the podcast nation, Sick Fucks or Beyond the Sick Fuck, is up there with premium access only. Premium access only. Get the I Am Rappaport app. Do not live in FOMO. Get premium access, primetime Wednesday episodes, emergency and archive episodes, plus exclusive videos and bonus content. It's the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast. Uh, Mr. Moody, fantastic show. Fantastic uh, yep. uh, insight. Uh, Miles, Jordan, the Dust Brothers, uh, take us out of here with something funky. Let it rock for the people. Uh, uh, enjoy this episode. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. It's the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast. Once again, thank you, Candace Parker, for coming on the show. You were fantastic. Uh, um, and uh, that's it. I'm done. <laughs>